Welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are on our final regular May episode. It's been a rocky month for us, uh, not Colorado, just, you know, mountainy. And Stevs and I are here chopping it up about a couple of things going to happen or have happened, not going to happen. Tom, Stevs and I tomorrow, we're going to hop in the lab, talk about May monthly awards, fun episode. Uh, see who can, you know, if there's going to be any repeats from April through May or new contenders, new MVPs. Cy Young, Stevs, how you doing today? Doing good. I'm excited to talk about monthly awards. They're always fun. I guess we're now, now two monthly awards because we got we got both uh, April and May now to talk about. Um, but it was a fun month of baseball. Yes, we were a little rocky on our uploading and on our recording and who was all here. But, you know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes life happens and we're ready to bounce back even better than before. For sure. And for teams that are actually bouncing back, we're going to head over to Cincinnati for the Cincinnati Reds, who actually aren't a god-awful team. And that might be surprising. No, they aren't lighting up the standings. They're not competing for a playoff spot. Honestly, they are. They are in the Central. There's only, they're only four games out, uh, and that's under that's five games under 500, and they're four games out of their division. Yes, the Centrals are bad. Uh, if you've stayed with us for a while, you will know we will slander on the Centrals until time itself ends. But Cincinnati Reds actually haven't been entirely garbage this year. They've called up a couple of prospects who have really shown up. Matt McLean is the most notable recently. Uh, he has just been outright fantastic. He's got a 454 Woba so far. He's slugging the ball. He's hitting for extra bases. Uh, defense is it's there, but then there's just supporting pieces around him. Nick Senzel's having a career year. Uh, Tom's pick for top 10 catcher, Tyler Stevenson, have an ounce of a regression there. Jonathan India is going back to his rookie of the year form. Steph, where are you saying on the Reds? I mean, I like the Reds. I, I think they're still missing pieces, right? Which they are. They have young guys coming up. And um, I've watched a lot of tape on Ellie De La Cruz, and I really like what he has. Um, mm. Again, it, we didn't expect the Reds to be any any sort of good, any semblance of it. I think all of us had them last in the Central. Uh, and the fact that they're third in the NL Central is actually really, really good. Um, again, I, there's not much I really expected from this team. Um, but, you know, a 24 and 29 record is pretty good thus far through the season. Yeah, and they've been led by some decent starting pitching. Graham Ashcraft and Nick Lodolo have been, uh, let's say, succumbed to the regression monster. They've been hit pretty hard. So Hunter Green is having a pretty good breakout right now. He He's still around a four ERA, but the expected ERA is on the better side of that as opposed to the worst side of that. He's striking out batters a good amount. And the other day, he was dominant against the Chicago Cubs. He seems like a guy that can genuinely take over a game, but I don't feel like he's going to be an ace at any point. Oh, I guess I don't fully disagree with that statement, but I'm trying to, I'm thinking through. I don't fully disagree with that statement, but again, I just really like what he has and what he brings to the table, and I think he's good for this ball club, right? Oh, I 100% agree. He's he's gives me the guy vibe, like he gives me the vibes of a guy that when it gets to October, you want him on the bump. Yes, I it's, I would almost describe like him a, as a. <laughs> I would almost he's say like, a Walker like Bueller. I like Bueller. I was gonna go with Syndergaard when he was on the Mets. Mm. I get that because you just think flamethrower. Yeah. Um. No, I I definitely see that. And right now he's surprisingly not in the hundredth percentile for velocity. Uh, but it's still thrown pretty quick. He has incorporated a bit more of a changeup this year, which is kind of interesting. And then surrounding him are a couple 
okay pieces, but the thing I really wanted to ask you is, do you think that they are sellers at the deadline? I mean, who are they going to sell, right? Nixon, Zell, Will Myers, Jake, or Jake Fraley. I mean, Jake Fraley actually has a lot more team control. Maybe Kevin Newman. Maybe. I don't, I I just, I don't, I mean, yeah, you can be a seller, but you're not going to get any really big pieces, right? They're not going to be buyers at the deadline, and I don't know if they're going to fully hold all their cards. I think they're going to make a couple moves, but I don't know if they fall into the category of sellers, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to look up their top prospects right now because I think they have a That's lefty. What I was doing too. They have a lefty in the form of uh, Andrew Abbott. Because I think really looking at this team, the thing they really need is a couple pitchers. Because right now, Ellie De La Cruz is in AAA. I'd be shocked if he's not up before the end of the season. Um, yeah. Noel V. Marte, yeah. definitely not as high ceiling yeah, as him. What's up? I agree. Yeah, Andrew Abbott. He's their success prospect. Mm-hmm. So Noel V. Marte right now in Double A has an 8.59 OPS. He is striking out uh, almost double the rate he's walking. Stone bases are kind of there. There's not too many power numbers. It really looks like Ellie De La Cruz is their shortstop of the future. Matt McLean will go to third base. Jonathan India will stay at second. Uh, right now they have Spencer Steer at first, who before this year had never played an ounce of first base. But in the minor leagues, they have Christian Encarnacion Strand, who was in the Sunny Gray trade last year. Uh, they've got Chase Petty in the minor leagues, who throws pretty quick, but he's not expected for another couple of years. Their biggest pitching prospect is Andrew Abbott. He's lefty at a UVA. Uh, Going to be kind of a craftsman, but I think they need another arm. Yeah, that's exactly what they need. Uh, um, I mean, we, we talked about it. Uh, Green and Ashcraft are, are pretty good, and Lodolo's pretty good too. But I think a fourth kind of stud is what they need. So do you think that the Reds, if a team is selling at the deadline, such as the White Sox, who might be selling off their entire starting rotation, do you think that they would be potential buyers on the Dylan Cease or Michael Kopech? How much team control do those two have? They both have three more years. This year, 24 and 25, and then they're free agents in 26. So that's basically saying that. fits in their window. But So I don't think that's the type of guy that they would go after. I think they would go after kind of younger, like, prospects. But, like... Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think they would do that. I don't think they would go after that type of guy. I think... If it was 2026 and you asked me about that type of Dylan Cease type of player for them, mm. yeah, I think they would go after it, but I don't I don't think that fits their timeline. And they've also been linked to going after some shortstops in the draft this year because there's a plethora in the top 10. Um, do you think – Skeens won't make it that far down, but do you think that they could you know, go for like a Rhett Louder, a high school kid, uh, Hurston Waldrip? Or do you think they're just going to go best on the table at the time? Or Chase Dolander as well? I mean, I feel like that's the best move to do, right? When you're where they're at in the draft, I think you kind of got to go best available. But they have – their. T- I don't – why are they linked to getting a shortstop? Because four of their top shortstops five are prospects pretty good. are shortstops. The shortstops are pretty good. I mean, good. yeah, but four of their top five guys are shortstops. Ellie De La Cruz, shortstop third. Noel V. Marte, shortstop third. Edwin Arroyo, shortstop. Uh, Cam Collier is third baseman. And then Matt McLean is shortstop second. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, 
again, for me, if I'm drafting, I would go after team needs, which hmm. you have in your top 10, three pitchers, and they're not very highly ranked amongst the top 100. If you get a top 100 pitcher, like a upper tier top 100 pitcher, then that's exactly what you need. And by the time they're up, I feel like the the top five of the draft will likely be off of the board. But the top five being Cruz, Langford, yeah. Skeens, Jenkins, and Clark. But there's still so many – there's players after that. This draft isn't the most loaded of any draft, especially in the college pitching department. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I feel like maybe going after an outfielder in Chase Davis from Arizona might be a little bit interesting. Uh, if you haven't seen, he hit the moonshot the other day. Um he sold yeah. the heck out of it. He's got you've got Kyle Teal, the catcher from UVA. They have a plethora of things that they could go for, but it's going to be interesting to see whether they just straight up attack needs or who's best available. I think. I mean, again, I, I think going after shortstop would be done, especially when you have those five guys where all their ETAs are twenty twenty three to twenty twenty five. It just, yeah, that just doesn't make sense to me. But again, I'm not a, a GM, so. Fair enough. Uh, you know, I'm I'm positive about this Reds team, A, given the fact that they're in the Central. It seems to be like a pretty good, or- outside of ownership, it seems to be like a pretty good organization, in all honesty. Um, sure. So I'm not going to say anything bad about it. But a team that I will say something bad about is the Chicago Cubs. Stevs, you, you're a bit more associated to the Cubs than I, but... They have been uh, underperforming, so to speak. They are expected to be 27 and 26, but right now they are 23 and 30. They did win yesterday with a complete game shutout of Marcus Stroman. Let's start with Marcus Stroman. You wanted to talk about him and the New York Mets. What happened there? So it was, I'm trying to, I don't remember exactly which ending it is, but Marcus Stroman was up and he celebrated after striking out. Um, one of the Mets players he got out of a tough jam I believe um and he a Mets player was not too uh not too keen about what he did on the mound he was basically like you know he needs to he needs to show some respect and he needs to be better than that right and I don't know for me it's like you want the players to show this emotion and all of this, everything on the mound, on the field, and then someone does it and you get annoyed about it, right? Oh, yeah, yes. You... Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I thought, um, sorry, I thought that was rhetorical. <laughs> that was a good question. <laughs> um, so uh, one anonymous Met sarcastically asked the New York Post, what did we do to him? And another said Stroman should show some respect and be a professional. Mm-hmm. that's uh no one really cares i think that's dumb uh it was yeah it was the middle of the eighth he got out of the eighth they're up four two like that's probably his last inning right because i don't think he's gonna, i don't think he came in for the night yeah right? he went eight. like yeah that like that is his that's the end of his night he's getting pumped up about it right and and i don't know i he literally he was pointing to his all he did he pointed to his chest he talked some crap over to the dugout he was looking at the dugout and he did it talked some crap over to the Mets dugout and then ran back in I don't I don't see the issue with it 
I think the the thing that gets them is the fact that he looked at the dugout, but there's also going to be the animosity there because he was a Met, and it's pretty clear that he okay. wasn't a part of their future plans because it was the first – when he hit free agency, it was the first offseason of Stevie Cohen spending big bucks. You remember they brought in Mark Hanna. They brought in Starling Marche. They brought in Max Scherzer. They brought in – bring in James McCann, but they didn't bring back Marcus Stroman. So you yeah. feel like there's got to uh, be an ounce of animosity there. I think, yeah, and I definitely think Stroman's the type of player that that keeps that. And Stroman's having a really, really good year thus far through the season, right? So he's going to kind of be like, you let me walk, and I could honestly be extremely helpful to your team. Mm -hmm. I don't – yeah, I think it's stupid that the Mets – and first of all, an anonymous Mets player would say that. Like, if you're going to say that, put your name to it. Exactly. Like right. there's, it's such a weak statement if you're not putting anything behind it. Exactly. It honestly makes you look um, worse. It does, and it makes the Mets just look all that worse, right? Speaking um, of another team that's struggling. But Stroman, Stroman is really the bright spot in the Mets right now, or not for the Mets for the Cubs right now, and probably for the Mets. But, <laughs> um, but. So, so what he does on the field, I don't think, again, it's, it's, I want you, we want that emotion. We want baseball to be this game where you're having fun and being who you are out on the field. And so Ronald Acuna Jr. can do bat flips and do all that, but Stroman can't do that. I don't, I don't like, I don't like that. No, I agree. But I, again, I do think the issue is that it was oriented at the dugout, but again, that doesn't justify anonymous comments to the media i feel like in order to send a message or to make a point you got to actually talk to the media as yourself to tell the people hey i'm brandon nemo and i'm upset i hey i'm you know luis guillorme who do you think who do you think said it brandon nemo do you think brandon nemo said it i feel like he'd be the type of guy you're trying like jeff mcneil i don't think it'd be pete alonzo him and humping railings (laughs) <laughs> did, you see the, did you see the story that Pete Alonzo hit, like, was basically like, I have to poop so bad. So he swung at the first pitch and he hit a bomb and he like sprinted around the bases and sprinted right into the pooper. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good, good, good. Uh, big meat, Pete. He's actually been another guy that's just been kind of under the radar. And you might hear about him tomorrow, uh, or I guess you'll be listening to this on Thursday, but you might be hearing about him for so some competition in the NL first base area. He's been very good. He's been a highlight for the Mets. Sorry, that that processing took a second. But one of the biggest issues for the Cubs this year, bouncing back, has been their bullpen. I've seen a lot of, like, just a lot of Cubs fans be like, hey, we're losing because our bullpen's just selling. Um, Marcus Stroman has been pretty solid. Justin Steele, before his last start, had been really good. Jameson Tyone's been awful. Uh, Drew Smiley, pretty solid, <laughs> and Kyle Hendricks had just made his return. So you get you get kind of encouraged by that starting rotation outside of Tyone, but their bullpen is just severely underperforming. They have, in power rankings from Fangraft, they have two relievers in the top 100. That's not good. Um, 
In terms of their relievers, Mark Leiter Jr. has been performing pretty well, both over and under the hood. Adbert Alzale, that's a, that's a name from like 2021 that I feel like hasn't escaped 2021. He's been having a pretty decent year this year in terms of expected stuff. 263 ERA over 24 innings pitch. That's not horrible. And especially from a guy that used to be a starter, if you need a bulk man to replace Tyone for a little bit. And remember, they did sign Tyone to a big contract. What's, Steve, what's that face about? I'm just looking at their their stats on Fangraphs. They're five and fifteen with six saves. The bullpen, mm-hmm. and they have a four six five ERA and a three ninety seven FIP. They've accumulated one WAR. Hey, at least they're not the Athletics. That's where negative twenty four. Negative twenty four. Negative twenty four. Negative twenty four. What? Uh, or negative two point four. Sorry, I was about to be four. like, well, if they've accumulated negative twenty four <laughs> WAR, um, this or, I mean, maybe they can do it over one sixty five or one sixty two. I don't know, know where I got one sixty five from. Uh, the Cubs aren't the worst bullpen in baseball. They've just severely underperformed. If you're just going They're based on average, oh yeah, I mean that is what worse than half means. Um, they have the fourth worst ERA. So there's that. They are striking out more than a batter per nine, which is encouraging. It just really looks like they're getting hit hard. Like the FIP is actually not atrocious. It's under four. So FIP doesn't really capture batted balls in play outside of home runs, even home runs not in play. So it kind of looks like they're just getting peppered in the field. I'm going to go look right now to see if their defense has actually been that bad. Um, But they're not an atrocious team. There is a recipe for them to succeed. It just they have to they have to buy the deadline, right? I mean, I think you have to. But like I don't I don't no actually hold on. Where are they at specifically in the rank? Because I know they're fourth. They are five they're games out of first. Five games out from first. I don't see a way a central do you think a central team can get a wild card. I mean, as nice. of right now, yes. Nationally, do you think right by now. seasons then they can? Okay, we have to do this quickly. Dodgers legitimate, Braves legit. I don't think the Brewers are legit. I don't know. I don't think the Marlins are. I'm trying to think teams that would stop that would stop other teams from making the wild card, right? I think the Diamondbacks they're pesky, but I don't think they're that good. Um. So that's at least one wild card team. The Giants have been playing decent recently. You'll hear about them later to make Tom happy. But then this also has like the Mets out of the playoffs, the Phillies out of the playoffs, the Padres out of the playoffs, the Cardinals out of the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, so it's pretty much win or bust. And right now they're five games back. They do have a positive run differential. Um, But they're five games back. And if they stay about five games back, I don't think they should – I think they should sell before they buy. But here's the thing, right? They've – I mean, I know they're not going for it this year. The Swanson contracts for multiple years. But, like, maybe you'll get something for trading because you have Bellinger, you have Mancini, both on deals. Well, if you don't – if you if you don't, you put all your chips in, right? You buy, right? And Bellinger can walk and – Stroman can walk. walk. Stroman can walk. And that would be an interesting trade area. deadline piece. Exactly. I feel you like there's have, a lot of teams that... pieces that you could get something back. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. The Mets. The Mets could use Marcus Stroman. I don't think Marcus Stroman would go back there. I I, I agree. It was a joke. But oh, funny ha. Sorry. Um. Uh... Uh, the Marlins are not – they're another team that might have to buy at the deadline considering that they have a putrid offense but are somehow a playoff team. They just win one-run games. Um, man, I was not looking good right now. Like if the playoffs ended today, the Giants would be the sixth seed, and they right now they're on pace for 84 wins. The worst team yeah, in the American the League. San Francisco. The worst team in the American League that's in the playoffs right now is on pace for 95 wins, and that's the Astros. And we all know they're not going to be that far down. So, <sighs> disappointed National League. Anyways, yeah, I know it's down bad, man. For real. Moving on to the American League to talk about a little bit, give the Angels a little bit of love. Their number nine prospect somehow, number nine, Ben Joyce made his debut last night, and he was completely lights out. If you don't remember Ben Joyce from Twitter in 2022, he was the kid from Tennessee that was hitting up to 105. Um, he was pretty, pretty good. He struck out one of the batter or two of the batters he faced last night against the Chicago White Sox. Average, it's marked as a sinker. The average sinker velocity was 101.3. His fastball averaged 101.3. Um, that's yeah, that's uh, you can say it's pretty good. Yeah, stuff plus didn't like him as much. It was only marked at a 117, but I feel like that uniquely low of an arm slot plus that pitch at that speed isn't getting hit. So, like, maybe this is the guy that turns this into a closer. I know they have Carlos Estevez in their closer role right now. But, like, this is, like, their theme song, walk up, fans go wild. Ah, Ben Joyce. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like this, this, he could be the guy. He definitely has that type of potential. Um, but, again, I kind of want to see a bigger sample size out of him. Just one no, outing. one game. Um, yeah, one out. One game. One, one game. It's over. I'm sold. Okay. Juan Soto's career is over. Um, oh, oh man. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I, I do. He, he looks like he can definitely be that type of player. Um, and I think, I think Tom would agree. Uh, if he were here right now, he's, he's flying back. We almost got him back, but, um, yeah. So I, I definitely, I, I agree. I agree with Brad. Yeah. Um, right now the angels <laughs> are three games out of a wild card spot and it's not like they're not a, pl- I feel like right now this angels team is a playoff caliber team. It's just, they play in the American league. Uh, I, I agree. I think they have that level, but again, they're also very, very flawed mm-hmm. uh, top to bottom. I, I think there's definitely missing still a lot of pieces. I think that they have, their issue is the bullpen right now, and they also have a pretty significant amount of uh, players on the IL right now. Jose Quijada, Matt Moore are both on the IL. Uh, we're not going to get Jose yeah. Quijada back this year. He just got Tommy John, but Matt Moore, Matt Moore, uh, five or May twenty third went on the IL with a strained oblique, so that seems like it could be a little while. Jose Suarez was a pretty big reliever for or starter for them. He's on the IL, which right now they have their starting rotation as Shohei Otani, pretty good guy. Uh, Patrick Sandoval been decently solid this year. Griffin Canning's come back and actually looked pretty decent, which is good for them. Tyler Anderson has not been good. They don't know how to use a lot, utilize him. Uh, there's a recipe. It's called Baseball Savant 2022 Los Angeles Dodgers. Tyler Anderson, Jaime Berea, he's okay. Good for him. 
Uh, Reed Detmers, good breakout so far this year. Still would like to see a bit more of a step in the right direction. He's been here for a year. He'll be fine. It's Reed Detmers. Um, like that's an okay starting rotation to compete to compete with. Taylor Ward hasn't been good. He's on their bench, but they've also got Anthony Rendon, who's hurt. They've got Max Stassi, who's hurt, and they've got Logan O'Hoppy, who's hurt. If you don't remember, Logan O'Hoppy was their top prospect. He's been very, very good, but he was just he was transferred to the 60-day. He tore his labrum, and I don't know if he's going to be back this year. And that was a really big piece for them. Yeah, they could definitely use Logan O'Hoppy right about now. Um, I mean, um, Matt Tice hasn't been horrible for them in all honesty. He went three for five last night. Yeah. I mean, he's been, he has stepped up to the occasion. So let's see. Zach Neto has been really good. Honestly, looking at it right now, we'll talk about it a little bit more tomorrow. Um, but in terms of batting rookies of the year, he's got to be in the conversation, right? I, I, I got to agree. I, I honestly think if this Angels team had one more season of Shohei Otani, like if he was under contract for one more season, mm-hmm. I think they could put together an extremely competitive lineup. But they don't have that. <laughs> they have this year, and that's it. Looking at just Fangraph's um, war for rookies in the American League right now, it's Luke Rayleigh and Ryan Noda both have 1.5. Josh Young has 1.2, Estrue Ruiz 1.1, and then Zach Neto at 0.9. We all know who Tom's rooting for. That's true. Who, let's also Estrue point this Ruiz. out, is a below average outfielder. I, Last I checked, I, I, I don't think Estrue, was... I don't, I don't, I don't dislike Estrue Ruiz, right? But I think Tom's overhyping him, and it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no. it, you look under the hood. He's got nothing. He's got, <laughs> he's got the he's worst. Is the worst exit velocity in baseball. He, um, like no. yeah, no, it's but bad. It's like uh, it's like C.J. Abrams for me. Aiden made that one point, and now I just actively root against him. Made the Gold Glove prediction. Yeah, that, but like, there's a difference. That's true. like literally, really hasn't done anything. Yeah, Abrams is. Abrams still really hasn't done anything, but like at least he looks somewhat decent most of the time. Not last night though. Watch the Dodgers game. Not last CJ night. Abram. We don't. CJ Abrams there. Nats fans on Twitter talking about how he hasn't really made that many errors since opening day. He's only made five, and he pulls out what should have been two last night. It was only marked as one, but CJ Abrams. Fine. He's he is young though, right? So like he's still ironing out the kinks. I. I, I agree with what you what you texted. I agree. I think he's gonna be about an average defender, um, with one season of just extremely good glove, and then other than that, once his body builds into a frame, into a bigger frame, an ounce of a frame, a good at that. He literally, that's literally all he needs. But like, <clears throat> sorry. Um, yeah. I remember I remember watching Trey Turner in twenty sixteen when he came up. Like his, he was he was a pretty similar type of frame. Um, and when he built into it, he was, he, now he's one of the best shortstops. Of well, not this season, but not this season, <laughs> not this season at all. He can't hit a fastball to save his life, but, um, hopefully again, he, hopefully he can turn that around, but it takes time, right? It's going to takes time to build into that type of frame. Brad, what's that face? Ray Turner never been a great fastball hitter, but this year, guess what his run value oh, yeah. on four seamers is. I don't know, but I know it's not good. Negative 12. 
What's his average against the fastball? Batting average? Yeah. 149. I was right. I, I was talk, I was talking to Andrew and I was like, yeah, I think he's got like a 140 average against against the fastball this season. He was like, that's not good. <laughs> um, well, what do I need for its pitch arsenal stats? Question mark. Yeah, run value. Okay. So if we go to hitters, right? We see what hitters are best against what pitch. I'm gonna guess Freddie Freeman versus four seam fastballs. Wow, the top 14 run values are batters against four seam fastballs. Crazy how that works. The single worst, I'm I wonder if it's Trey Turner if versus fastballs. Is we gonna load down there? It is the worst. It is the Trey Turner versus four seam fastballs is the single worst batter versus a pitch in baseball this year. It's pretty good. No, it's definitely worth the contract. <laughs> yeah, you've only got uh, ten more years of that after this year. Um, hey, I saw a quote that he definitely didn't say this, but I saw a quote, and it was, "I got ten more years to turn this around." So he has time. It's it'll be okay. You heard it. You heard it first, Phillies fans. Trade turn will be okay. Um, I'm trying to see he if there's be, any surprises. He, might, he up here. might be fine. Says your best nat against a pitch is CJ Abrams versus a cutter. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, that's a fun leaderboard. Um, Angels a really cool leaderboard. Angels might compete for a playoff spot. They have the lineup to do it. Mickey Moniak is going to regress given his forty percent whiff rate, something like that. Um, Mike Trout has been horrible this year. He's got like an 890 OPS. Uh, Shohei Otani is Shohei well, Otani. Horrible for Mike Trout. No, he's been horrible. Um, yeah, but it's Mike Trout, so he's pretty yeah. good. Um, Shohei Otani, another fun discussion tomorrow. Is he the American League MVP right now? I don't know if he is. Here's a question that just popped into my head. Do you think all the players that went that were a part of the W the World Baseball Classic, do you think that they're seeing some slight regression now because they amped up so quickly and then kind of tamed back. I would say that might be true for pitchers, but I don't know if that's necessarily true for hitters because I feel like having I need extra... To, I want to look into that. That's a really good question, though. Having extra plate appearances versus high-quality pitching, I don't understand how that can hurt you. Sometimes it's just it's about amping yourself, right? Like... I feel like so it, there's going to be like examples both ways. I can like, see that. But Pete I Alonso like, has been fantastic. Like, like I'm just trying Trout, to think teams. Like you said, Trout, Trout like kind of started the season with like his expected batting average being like a thousand, and then mm-hmm. like he kind of regressed. He's regressed tremendously since then. I don't know if he's regressed or gotten unlucky because looking at his percentiles right now, he is underperforming in everything. Yeah, he's underperforming. All right. Well, again, Angels, somewhat competitive team. Um, but the Angels did face the Chicago White Sox last night, and we got to see Liam Hendricks back on the bump uh, after he beat on Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, he didn't look very good, but who cares? He, he beat cancer, and he's back out on the bump. He went in inning, gave up three hits, gave up two earned runs and a walk. Um Hey, that's that's an outing, and he, that's one under his belt for this season after beating cancer. Honestly, the, he could have gone out there and walked the yard. He could have gone out there and let up eight runs. He could have got went out there and thrown a an inning. 
all that matters is that he's back, he's healthy. And it was just a good moment. Like he got a great yeah. closer entrance, uh, even though it was the eighth inning. The fans were chanting his name. He was crying on them. Like it was a good moment. It was yeah, exactly what it should moment, have been. It's a, it's a moment baseball needed. Exactly. And I feel bad for the guy. He had to deal with cancer and he beat it. You know, he's back. He's playing the game he loves. He's with the White Sox. I actually feel the worst about that. Um, he needs to get traded. He probably will, but just wishing the best for him, hoping that he bounces back to, you know, what Liam Hendricks, we know him to be as one of the best relievers in baseball and that him and his family happy. It's a really good story. And it would be a great story if he makes the last out of the world series for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, nope. Nope. <laughs> Bad story. That's a great story. It's a terrible story. What team do you want to see him close out the world series for steps? Uh, not the Dodgers. Why? Not the Giants either. No, yeah, I can but agree with that one. I give you guys the satisfaction of that. Let's go. Let's Which of our that. friends have can never experienced a World Series? Tigers? My team? Oh, no, but he bandwagon. He got the Nats fan. Yeah, it's fair. He claimed he was a Nats fan. I, the reason we're trying to figure this out is because like... Chicago. Like the reason we were all rooting for Philly, at least I was, in the World Series last year is because like... All of us have experienced a World Series to some degree. Because, like, Stabs, you had the Nats, I had the Dodgers, Tom had the Giants. Like, some of our friends also joined you with those World Series. Um, do we have any Red Sox fans? Technically, Connor's, technically Connor's an Orioles fan. True. I, I, could, I could buy uh, some Orioles cheese. Yep, there it is. Liam Hendricks, closer of the 2024 no, they don't need, Baltimore Orioles World Series champion. They don't need a reliever. Nope, they need him. Trust okay. Me. Or back to our starter. White Sox starting pitchers going to other teams. Cesar <laughs> Kopek to the Orioles. I would like that more than anything else. What I, if Cease and Kopech? What prospects they give up? What prospects are you going to give up? Jackson Holiday? No, you don't trade don't Jackson think, Holiday for Shohei Otani. You don't you do not do a one-for-one one Otani for Holiday. Yeah. If you know oh, Shohei's going to stay, then I might. Mm. But here's the thing. Why I feel like every team needs a Shohei Otani, but the Orioles don't – they need the starting pitcher Shohei Otani. They don't need the bat Shohei Otani. I feel like both trading for those two starting – like Dylan Cease is going to cost much more prospect capital than Michael Kopech. But if you pair them together, you could probably get Colton Kauser, their number two prospect, who's very, very good. Look down a little bit, maybe a deal Hall left-handed pitcher. He was up for a little bit last year and then move down a little bit more down their list and find like one or two lower tier prospects between the fifth to the 10 and 20. Yeah, I could see that. I think that wouldn't be a bad move for the White Sox. Um because Colton Kowser is going to be very good. I I think he's performed really well. A lot of people really like him. Um, Deal Hall just needs an ounce of consistency, but I don't know if the White Sox will be able to develop him. And I really don't care about the White Sox on this side. I just want the Orioles to get them, to get Kopech and Cease. That's fair. Because <laughs> um, right now the Orioles starting rotation is not good. They just optioned Grayson Rodriguez. Um, none of us saw that in the beginning of the season. We all kind of thought that he would come up and be uh, – 
pretty good contributor for them. Kyle, their starting pitchers Someone haven't been good. No, I think I had him Didn't fourth in rookie him. of the year. We had him somewhere. Maybe it might have been the draft. Hmm. I think we talked about it. I don't think in the Cy Young draft. Him. No, no one took him in the Cy Young draft. I don't know. We talked about him as a Cy Young, like, far-out candidate or something. Yeah. All right. I'm going for the awards predictions document right now. No one had him on Cy Young. Oh, this is just me. Um, 2023. I don't know. I think it – ah, this is difficult. Somewhere. Let me yeah. find my notebook. Hold on. <laughs> um, anyways, though, here it is. Here's the document. I got it. I got it. We're good. Okay. No one know. took him because Not surprising. he has a seven ERA. He was sent down to the minor league. I feel like he's definitely fixable. He's still very young. Um, they do have John Means coming back at some point. It. Yeah. They have John Means coming back at some point, which will be pretty helpful to them. Um, their bullpen's been really good. Yanir Cano obviously has regressed because he cannot sustain a zero ERA for the season. Felix Bautista, that that pick is aging like fine wine. Um, the Orioles' bullpen is really solid. It's just their starting rotation. Their ace is Kyle Gibson, man. <laughs> Enough said. Their offense is really solid. The offense is really good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And Cedric Mullins, he's not bounced back to the 2021 offense. Or actually, he kind of has. 132 WRC+. plus. His biggest thing is how good his defense is. And this year, it really actually hasn't been that fantastic, according to fan graphs. But I like the Orioles. That's above average. I don't know what fan graphs is doing. Um, yeah. <laughs> He doesn't look he doesn't look too too good under the hood, but he looks okay enough. But even in 2021, he was a 372 Woba with a 344 expected. Yeah. So he, he looked, but, yeah, he looks about similar. He went to Campbell? Oh yeah. If we're talking college baseball, they just got robbed out of hosting a regional. But this um this is his lowest outs above average in his career. He'll be fine. Orioles good. Uh, Royce Lewis made his return with the Minnesota Twins yesterday. Uh, he kind of torched the Houston Astros. Stevs, I know you were pretty happy about that. I am. I'm always happy when the Astros get torched. Everyone's happy about it. Yeah. Um, if you don't remember last year, he came up for, I think, 12 games, and he was really good. And then he was going for a play against the wall, and he tore his uh, ACL? MCL? Something yes, in his knee. tore the ACL in his right knee for a second time. Yeah. And... He was looking really good. He was a former 1-1 in 2017. Finally made it up, and he was performing. And he was pretty good for the Twins. Yesterday, he comes up, and he hits a huge three-run homer, a go-ahead single. And the Twins are able to beat the Astros. They get uh, they get to Ryan Presley, which is still not a very easy thing to do. Who was the kid yesterday that someone on the Twins hit a 117-mile-an-hour line drive into the Crawford boxes? Um, it was... He's from Raleigh, North Carolina. I don't know why I know that, but Brett knows that specifically. Yes. Just it top exit velocities say. yesterday. Oh my God. Roster Brett resource. Oh no. Uh anyways, I'll talk about Royce Lewis. Uh, I like Royce Lewis. Um, I liked him since he came up um last season. I wanted to see more of him before he went down with the ACL injury. 
Um, Ryan Jeffers. Ryan Jeffers? Yes. Yeah. Ryan Jeffers launches two run shot and extras to put Twins back on top. Yeah, it was 117 um, off the bat. But that, uh, they're, they're doing something in Minnesota, apparently, to hit the ball hard. Um, but Lewis, uh, first of all, coming back from ACL injury is incredibly hard. But coming back from two ACL injuries is uh, extremely hard, like impossible. Um, but he came back, had four ribbies. Um, hopefully he can, you know, not tear an ACL again. Um, and stay up for a large majority of, of the season. That'd be big for the Twins. It just gives them more depth. Right now, they have him at third base. Uh, he's kind of playing that over Jose Miranda, who was optioned down to the minor leagues, who was really good last year. Um, twins, you just got to win the Central. Not that difficult. I think they got it. I don't. I don't see a way anyone comes back. The Guardians are really disappointing. The White Sox should trade at the deadline. I don't know if they're going to. Tigers are interesting. They're not a playoff caliber team, but I feel like this is just where they were supposed to be last year. Um, yeah. And then there's the Royals. And then the Royals. Yeah, that's the Royals. They play in that division. They almost per- threw a perfect game against the Cardinals yesterday. Um, Astros, another interesting team right now in the fact that Jose Abreu, the other day when they were in Oakland, hit his first home run of the season. Uh it's been a rough season for Jose Abreu so far. He sprints around the bases, slides into the dugout to celebrate, and then he goes up he and did. he gets beamed with the next pitch. Yep, Oakland. He's Oakland. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at his under the hood stats. Not good. Uh, his over the hood stats are also not very good. He pepper singles, but it's about That's it. About he, really it yeah. he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight doubles. I'm looking, I'm just looking at this. Uh, um, and then the one home run that he hit in Oakland. But on a good side for the Astros, they did just get back Jose Altuve, who, if you guys aren't familiar, pretty big piece of the Astros over the past 10 years. He last year had a best career year, and so far through eight games, he's got a 1.089 OPS. That's pretty good. He's still striking out a good amount. He's got a little bit of power there. Underlying stats say that he's due for a little bit of regression. It's like a 461 Woba isn't overly sustainable, unless your name is Aaron Judge. Um, 342 expected Woba would still be a pretty good season for him. It'd be his fifth highest mark in his career, especially at his age 33 season. Just a really big piece for the Astros being back, putting them in a spot to win the division. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is kind of this is what we expected. They're not at full strength, obviously. I mean, they they're missing crucial pitch starting pitchers, but they, they got they got their guy back, right? And that's really the most important thing. All right, so I'm gonna now, put you on the spot now. From now on. That's when I want the Astros. This is the Astros team that I was expecting from the start of the season. I'm putting you on the spot. Who's winning the AL West? Hold up. So right now, Rangers 34 and 19. Houston's 31 and 22. And I don't believe the Angels are going to make up any ground, really. So we're not even going to include them in this equation. God, the Mariners. They're both so good in the last 10. I don't think the Mariners are coming back. I don't see, unless like J Rod like pops off for the rest of the season, 
and like possible them back into the promised land it's possible but i don't see it happening if i remember correctly i think he had like, last i looked he had like a 283 woba but a 344 expected it's gone back up he's getting back in his past week of games he has gotten his ops up from a 670 ops to a 762 over that stretch that's pretty good he's recorded in that stretch uh, he's on a eight game hitting streak. He's got a total of four times or eight times two, 16 hits. That's not horrible. Going for a little bit of power. I think Julio Rodriguez is back. The percentiles look really, really good right now. And he's expected to still be even better than that. Buying some the Rangers stock. have the second most runs scored. They're, they're one run behind the Rays. Sorry, I'm just I'm I'm looking. No, you're good. Now. They've allowed less runs than the Rays. They have. They have, they yeah. have a better run differential. And they um, have a specific a specific teams. guy coming back in a little bit because it's the Rangers. Yeah. They have Seager. Seager's coming back. No, he's already back. He's been fantastic. He's back. Sorry. Okay. They have a pretty specific I'm guy. Another guy. Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, I'm taking the Rangers. I'm, I, no I'm on that same page. Two I guys. Think... I, I forgot to do <laughs> um, I love how everyone in the West is like, outside of the Angels, are like pretty solidly in the positive run differential. And the Athletics are at negative 194. They have, oh my God, it, they've increased the distance between them and the Royals. Oh my God. It's 125 run difference. They're the pretty good. The fun I, I, differential. Oakland, Oakland's got it. Oakland's it's a got fun it. differential. Trust me, they're gonna have. They, if they, I believe, if they want to break the single season record, they have to win 107. They have to win out game, or 107 and, straight games. Yeah, yeah, they started yesterday by defeating the Atlanta Braves. So game two comes back. today. They're doing it. Watch it. Hey, it might happen. It. Anything could happen. It's happening. Um, Not that though. No, no. <laughs> Do the Oakland Athletics set the single season? Worst record ever. I think they do. Eleven and forty-five, not good. I, I think it's 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 highly possible. Okay. Should the owner face punishment for what he's done to this organization? I think everybody should face punishment for what this is that he's done. But I'm saying like, like everyone like being banned from going to Vegas. To, I think you need to no, because that's just going to cause that's going to make things worse. You just need to like disband the team and just create a whole new team. That's what needs to happen. We can't do that to the Oakland fans. It's also like a super historic organization. No one cares. Moneyball. Um, Money and last thing, talking about Stevs, you wanted to do a quick, quick chat about the City Connects. Baltimore released their new one last week. I don't know how to feel about Baltimore because, like, on one side, right, and they don't look atrocious. Mm. They don't look good because it's literally just Baltimore across the chest. Not as bad as Great Britain. Like everyone's like comparison to Great Britain. They're not as bad as Great Britain. Mm-hmm. But then you like hear about like what's what the meaning behind everything is. And it's like everyone sees Baltimore as this tough exterior and it's it's gritty and you know, gunshots and stuff like that. But then like you flip it and like you see like all the color and what Baltimore really is underneath. And I really like that. Um, especially since, you know, I was I was born in Maryland and like I get teased for it sometimes. Um, 
but I think it's I think it's I think it's pretty cool, right? Um, I don't think they're upper echelon, but I think meaning wise, they have a lot more meaning than some of the some of the city connectivities that we've had. What's the website where you rank things like the rank tier thing, the tier list? Uh, tier maker. It's just tier maker. Yeah, I was right. They don't have. Oh, I was gonna go do it, but they don't have the Orioles on there. They don't have the Reds on there. I don't like the. I think that the black on black has to be used sparingly, but well, it's still I don't pretty understand solid. And the Rangers. I don't understand the Rangers mm-hmm. with the the cream on black pants. Cream. I think that's stupid. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the no the one I like that the, the the usage of the black pants that is horrible is the Mariners one. The Mariners should be blue on blue. That one's too. Well, I think both. I think both of those are stupid. At black on black. If they're if it's a different color jersey, you don't wear black pants. I I just think like if you look if you look at Mariners City Connect and you see the full body one of Julio Rodriguez, right? It's just the black sticks out like a thor- a sore thumb. Like if you wanted to use it as like exactly. the third color, like you do like the blue and yellow is the primary of the jersey. You have the blue, the same shade of blue as the plants. You're the blue man. You're the blue mean genie. Um, you have the yellow piping for the pinstripes on the side. You could go with a black yeah. belt to stand out on those pants. You could keep the yellow belt. I I don't dislike the black sleeves under the shirt. But I think that it would just mesh better if it was one continuous uniform. I definitely agree. Um, yeah, I agree. I just don't like the Rangers. The Rangers, I think, look dumb. Um, I do like the Reds, and I like the the idea that they went kind of since they're such a historic franchise. There's so much to go off of, but they're like, nah, let's go with the future. I mm-hmm. like that, and I think that was innovative and actually creative from Nike, mm-hmm. which you know Nike has not been that creative. Um, <laughs> Los Dodgers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was all I had to say. I just wanted to talk about Baltimore. And I wanted to talk about Cincinnati. I think I think those two are were done actually perfectly after two absolutely stinkers. They they were done. What were the two stinkers? Well. The Rangers and the Mariners. Okay, the Rangers looks really Mariners- bad off the field. The Rangers looks really bad yeah. off the field, but it looks like it belongs on the field. And I'll give you that, but I just don't like them. And then the Mariners, the jersey, the Mariners, the jersey itself is nice. But then, like, the jersey and the all of it together and the pants, that looks dumb. I think that that, that should be their primary logo also. The Pitchfork M. Fair. I can give you that. I really like that logo. <laughs> Not as much as I like Los Dodgers. Anyways, thank thank you all for listening to the 4A Baseball Podcast. We're going to be releasing on Thursday this week as opposed to Wednesday because we want to be out on April 1st or, yeah, April, uh, June 1st, talking about the May Monthly Awards. Again, if you missed the first one, where it's April, May All-Stars. So we do a continuous All-Star team, one position for each league, a starting rotation, the aces, the Cy Young, three relievers, the closer is the best reliever. We'll give you an MVP. We'll talk about some rookies. And we will see you all next time on the 4A Baseball Podcast. Peace. Woo!